When it comes to getting trusted sports gaming strategies and info, you can ask your dumb friend, Kevin. Duh. Or you can just listen to us. We recommend us. And we won't ask to borrow your car either. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Our second hour on the morning after on this second day of the work week on a huge Tuesday in the world of sports begins right now here on the morning after. The morning after also becoming the early after right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. If you hear the voice, voice get gravelly, if you hear me say the early after, that's because either Donnie Wrightside or today on this Tuesday for two straight hours, Kevin Walsh is joining the program. K-Dubs is the host of The Early Line each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern, right before us here on the morning after, all across the grid. K-Dubs, it is a great Tuesday to have you here. Are you ready, my friend, to talk some NBA? It's already been an hour, and we haven't even dove into the association. I'm excited, especially considering the Lakers actually won last night. I hate watching that team. Oh, I mean, Kev. 14-point lead late in that game. Charlotte comes back to force overtime. We'll get to that game in just a little bit. But also looking around the league, how about those Chicago Bulls, baby? Off to a 7-3 start straight up this year. 7-3 against the spread. Covering as a slight underdog last night because they won outright at home inside the United Center against the Brooklyn Nets by a score of 118 to 95 not just winning blowing out brooklyn by a final of 23 points so as i mentioned the chicago bulls off to a 7-3 start this year they are 7-3 against the spread all five starters for chicago last night kevin scoring in double figures that was good enough to outlast 38 points from kevin durant the chicago bulls kev what's your read on the bulls in chicago so the interesting thing is this team is an easy fade in the first half. They've lost six straight first halves. And yet, oh. overall, the record is still pretty positive here. They won the fourth quarter 42-17 against the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, I mean, that is tremendous from the Bulls. Now, the Nets were on the second leg of the back-to-back. I got to tell you, the Nets so far, Ben, dogs twice. Right call both times. Got absolutely blown out. This game and, of course, opening night against the Milwaukee Bucks. Does this game, t- oh, I told you the Bulls were legit contenders. They beat the Brooklyn. No, I don't think that means that necessarily, right? I, I think you give the Chicago Bulls credit here. They're putting forward strong results, but I got to see this team put together a full 48. It's been a long time since they've done it then. The Bro- Brooklyn Nets so far this year, Kevin, the most unders in the NBA. Nine unders in 11 games. Meanwhile, the Chicago Bulls, like we mentioned, 7-3 ATS, the Brooklyn Nets, despite being 7-4 straight up, just 5-6 against the spread. They have been a favorite in nine of those 11 games, as Kevin alluded to as well. On the West Coast last night, got a little bit heated out there in Denver. And no, that's not a Miami Heat pun. I mean, it got real heated out at altitude last night between Nikola Jokic and and Markeith Morris of the Miami Heat. The Denver Nuggets winning this game over the Miami Heat, 113-96, a big win because Miami is off to one of the best starts in the Eastern Conference this year. But there was a moment late in that game, Nikola Jokic just blindsides Markeith Morris, who did foul the Joker, but I don't know if it necessarily facilitated that result in retaliation 
from Nikola Jokic, who Kev, I think, is probably going to be suspended for a couple uh, games at least by the league, right? Oh, he absolutely is going to get his suspension. Radio audience in full effect. We appreciate all those listening to The Morning After right here on Sports Grid Radio. Kevin Walsh alongside Ben Scott Stevens. It's a beautiful Tuesday, folks. As far as the Nicole Jokic, Markeith Morris incident, I feel like I was on crazy pills. Was the Morris foul dirty and unnecessary? Yes and yes. Was it even in the same stratosphere as what Jokic did? Not at all. Not even a little bit. If if you have to understand this too, like people are, who are calling for Morris to be suspended, just know that you're looking then for Jokic to get double, triple the amount of games. And Denver has been horrible when Nikola Jokic is not on the floor, Ben. Terrible. Mm. Like, the Joker right now is going to likely put forward another MVP-level season. I don't know if he has legitimate equity in the award. I think he's a tough guy to look to repeat. He's going to have to blow the field away. But Denver without the Joker is a tough, tough deal, man. And they might be out of for a couple of games, Ben, you don't see hits like that in the NBA. Like that, no. I, th- I think you're looking for at least five or so games here. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, that reminded me of the Joker's brother, the Jokic's brothers, who were out there getting ready to fly in the playoffs last year in the stands in Denver. But listen, Markeith Morris, you may call him a dirty player, whatever you want to say. That did not warrant that reaction from Nikola Jokic. Both players were ended up being ejected last night in Denver, but I only think Jokic deserves the suspension. Again, the Denver Nuggets getting the win, 113-96 to over the Miami Heat. The Nuggets, a slight home underdog last night, which is a good thing because they were they are just 1-5 ATS as a favorite this year. They are also playing a good majority of their games to the under. Eight to ten games for Denver so far this year, hitting to the under by an average margin, Kevin, of 16 points per game the highest margin falling under totals on an average basis so far throughout the nba miami's still seven and three ats this year covering by nearly six points per game and in only 33 minutes you mentioned the impact of nikola Jokic. he recorded a triple double he had 25 15 and 10 last night in just 33 minutes jimmy butler by the way fantastic filling it up as he has so far in the young going of this nba season 31 points eight assists and five rebounds. More recaps and a look ahead to tonight's action on the hardwood in the association. That's coming up here on the morning app. This is the Technology Minute with George Capalbo. Spider silk made from goat milk. It could save your life. Not science fiction, fabric made of synthetic spider silk stronger than steel or Kevlar is being spun in mass quantities by biotech researchers at Utah State University by genetically modifying goats to contain the spider silk protein in their milk. Genetically engineered goat milk spider silk really has all sorts of amazing uses. Super strong automobile airbags. Bulletproof vests. Super lightweight high performance aircraft. Artificial human ligaments. Or ride a space elevator to orbit on an indestructible spider silk tether. Follow me at G Capelvo on Twitter and stay tuned to the Technology Minute for more cool stuff like this.
You're listening to Sports Grid, the home of the winning edge, carrying on the fine tradition of sports gaming from all the way back to ancient Rome. But they never had a mobile app. So count your blessings, Sporto. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. Alongside Kevin Walsh for the first two hours of today's show on this Tuesday, I am Ben Stevens. We continue going through the action in the association. Throughout the NBA last night, plenty of great games that caught your eye. Steph Curry, 50 points, 10 assists, and a big win at home for the team that has the best record in the NBA. A straight-up 9-1 mark to start off this year over the Atlanta Hawks in that victory last night. It was a much more dicier thing down south in California, at least, for the Los Angeles Lakers because they blew a 14-point lead late in that game but ultimately did beat the Charlotte Hornets in overtime, 126-123. to And Kevin Walsh, the Lakers covered last night, not something they have done mm-hmm. a ton of so far this season. No, they've essentially never done it. And now the reality is, though, if I told you, hey, the Lakers beat the Hornets by three at home, do you think they covered? You would have said no. What I think happened in this game is it was the first time the Lakers were legitimately adjusted on a point spread, like from what they've been putting forward as a team. What has made the Lakers so difficult, as I see some folks really enjoying themselves on the the Twittersphere because they keep losing games. They're like, see, I told you they're terrible. I told you they're bad. I told you they're bad. Ben, they're up 15 in every game they lose. Right? They were up 14 yep. here against the Hornets. They were up by all that against the Oklahoma City Thunder. There have been you know, two games where they were essentially blasted, Portland and Phoenix. Even the game against Golden State, they had a double-digit lead in. That's what's made this team so difficult for me to get a true read on. They're certainly not putting the results you want to see. You have to look towards coaching if that becomes a consistent thing. Westbrook certainly loses his mind, seemingly, for at least 12 straight minutes in every single game they play. But they're building legitimate leads, and they're still very injured. LeBron James is not playing for this team right now. Same with Kendrick Nunn and Town Horton Tucker. There there are important pieces that are missing for this Laker team, but I have to give Carmelo Anthony a lot of love right now. He has been their second-best player this season behind Anthony Davis. It is ridiculous the amount of times that I do this watching a Lakers game. He's 32-1 to for sixth man of the year, and I don't know why. Jordan Clarkson is 13-1. to Jordan Clarkson has been terrible, horrible. And he won the award last year. He's not winning this award. Tyler Hero is a rightful favorite. He's plus 105. Played 10 games. Mm. What? It's outrageous. You can't be plus 105 after 10 games. Hero and Montrezl Harrell all deserve to be in front of Carmelo Anthony. But not Ricky Rubio or Cam Reddish or Jordan Clarkson, or Dennis Schroeder, who is terrible. Like, Celtics fans would tell you he's actively harmed that team. And here's the thing, Ben. If we get to the finish line here, you're going to out-narrative Carmelo Anthony on a six-man-of-the-year ballot? He's 32-1. to You get that guy still in the mix with a month of basketball left, the hedge opportunities will make you blush. He's worth a legitimate look in this market. 
I think that is a great point, Kev, especially right now without LeBron James, but even when LeBron gets back into the fold. Last night, Anthony Davis led all scores in this game, 32 points for L.A. Without LeBron, it allows Russ to cook a little bit more. Not Russell Wilson, of course, Russell Westbrook, who had a triple-double last night, 17 points, 14 dimes, and 12 boards. LaMelo Ball on the other side for Charlotte, a triple-double as well, 25 points, 15 rebounds, and 11 assists. By the way, Miles Bridges hit the game, tying three in regulation to send it to that extra session. Mm -hmm. Miles Bridges, going to get paid. That is for sure. And we love <laughs> Eric Collins yelling, Bridges! So that's a wonderful thing. But the Lakers do cover last night. Another game goes over for both of these teams. Charlotte has played the most overs in all of the NBA. Trends to follow here in the early going. The Hornets have nine overs so far this year. That's three more than teams that have six, which is behind them. And that's the second closest in the NBA, including the L.A. Lakers, who have played six of their 11 games to the over, despite having the highest under percentage a season ago. So that was last night in the association. That's some trends to know as we move forward throughout the rest of this year. Right now, a three-game slate, a smaller slate on this Tuesday night, but still some good ones. And, Kev, we found out news yesterday that Joel Embiid will be out for at least a little bit of time with the Philadelphia 76ers. He was already going to sit out last night against the New York Knicks in a rest ahead of a back-to-back but he is now involved in the league's health and safety protocols. That's why the Bucks, despite struggling to start this year, on the road, a five-and-a-half-point favorite in Philly tonight. Look, this is a nightmare spot for the Sixers. No Tobias Harris, no Ben, yeah. or excuse me, well, no Ben Simmons as well, but that's they never have right. Ben Simmons. No Joel Embiid. They're banged up. They're dealing with health and safety protocols, and now they're on the second leg of a back-to-back. The only thing that would be somewhat positive is in comes a Milwaukee team that's a nightmare right now. They've lost five of their last six games. Like, very quietly, the Bucks are putting forward awful performances. In those five losses, four of them, they failed to score 100 points. Are you kidding me? What is this? What is this group right now? What it is is bad. But I don't want to lay a number with Milwaukee, nor do I think Philly's in a good enough spot to take points. Where I think you play this game, Ben, is the total. And you play it under. Mm. Milwaukee has checked in with seven straight unders. We just talked about struggling to get to 100 points. I think their team total could make some sense. But the Sixers so far, 5-1 and one under at home. And the lone over went over by a point. It was a game against the Detroit Pistons here. I, I see this number in the 220s, and I feel like I have to you know, shake my eyes or something here. It, it feels 10 points too high. Uh, maybe I'm walking straight into a trap here, but... I think this is an under-basketball game here. Everything points to it. Both of these teams playing 73% of their games in the early going to the under right now, and you are getting 217 in a hook right now between the Bucks and the Sixers live on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Sixers had won six straight entering last night's game at home against the New York Knicks, but the Knicks prevailing last night on the road in the city of brotherly love. Another great game tonight, Kevin, that I'm excited for, the Atlanta Hawks and the Utah Jazz. The Jazz off to one of the best starts in the Western Conference so far this season, laying eight right now against an Atlanta team that is tied for the second-worst record against the spread this year in the NBA with the Los Angeles Lakers. Both the Hawks and the Lakers, just 3-8 and eight ATS this year. Again, tied for the second-worst ATS marks in all of the NBA. Does it make sense to you to have the Jazz as an eight-point favorite? Seven-and-a-half there, now eight on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, it does. Listen, um, 
I don't know who put this together for Atlanta, a little back-to-back at Golden State at Utah, but they clearly <laughs> didn't like this group. And quite literally, this is the worst-case scenario for a team. Ben, you mentioned that against the spread record there for this group, right? They're great against the number at home. They are 0-7 ATS on the road this year. No covers. And last night they gave up 127 to Golden State at home or on the road. And guess what? That's been a trend as well. They have now allowed five straight road opponents to score 117 or better. They've had two back-to-backs already this season. They lost both by double digits. They gave up 116 and 122. One of those games was against the Utah Jazz who didn't have Donovan Mitchell and only scored 39 points in the first half and still ended up with 116 points on the board. I saw a Jazz team total here, Ben, at 114.5. It's hard not to absolutely love a over when you look at every single thing Atlanta has brought to the table on the road this season. The game total overall for that game and over-under of 222.5. Quickly here, Kevin, the third and final game of the night. Out inside Staples Center in Los Angeles, the Clippers, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Portland Trailblazers. What is the lean for this contest to end out the night? Clippers number feels light. Third meeting for these two teams. First game saw the home team win both. The Portland won by 30 at home. Clippers won by 19 at home. Clips playing good ball. Covered three straight here. Perhaps a safer play, a team total under on Portland. Both meetings in these games have gone under. The Blazers team total under in three of four road games. So fading Portland at the Staples Center is a nice look. Kevin Walsh's wealth of knowledge for the NBA is unmatched here on the Sports Grid Network or maybe anywhere else in all sports media. We bring you the college basketball knowledge on the other side of the break. The season preview here on the morning after up next. What's up, everybody? It's your late-night anger management professor inviting you to join me six nights a week at midnight Eastern on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Vent your rage with the top handicappers and insiders in the business. Tips are for waiters. Hedging is for garters. Pre-game breakdowns and post-game meltdowns. Lay it down and win with me, Gabriel Morenzi, six nights a week at midnight Eastern right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Other than that, you're on your own. We're always here, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, fetching you expert perspectives on sports gaming, odds, and more. Kind of like a faithful dog without all that butt sniffing. We're the home of the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. College basketball season starts tonight in full force all across the country. Right behind me here, as you can see, in the heart of Manhattan at Madison Square Garden as well. The Mecca, the host to the Champions Classic tonight. Kansas and Michigan State to start things off. We will preview those games coming up here in just a little bit. Then Duke and Kentucky in the nightcap. Blue Bloods. Woo! College Hoops is here, Kevin, and we are excited. It is Ben Stevens and Kevin Walsh. 
with you here on this Tuesday edition of the morning after or the early after. If you are so inclined, you are listening on Sirius XM channel 159 and all across the sports grid network. So, Kev, let's break this down by looking at a big picture overview of this college basketball season. And of course, we start with the national championship odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And look who's at the top once again. The number one team in the AP poll entering this new season, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Plus 650, the shortest odds by a good margin to win the national championship. Then you have Michigan and Texas tied for the second shortest odds at 12 to 1, but nearly, Kevin, $6 behind the Zags. And you have Kansas at 13 to 1, tied for the fourth shortest odds. You also have some other teams that fall through there. Purdue 13 to 1, Nova 14 to 1, Duke 15 to 1, so on and so forth. So as we dive through this board, Kevin, where is the value in the national championship market because I don't think it's on Gonzaga. What if I disagree? See, here's the thing about Gonzaga. Here's the thing about Gonzaga. They play one game, essentially, against UCLA, number two team in the AP poll, right? Where if they lose, we'll watch them come back a tick. They're going to be favored in that game like they'll be favored in every other game. But if I told you that Gonzaga is unbeaten and they make their way to the tournament, you wouldn't be surprised by that, right? They did it last nope. year. Nope. I know that's a difficult right. thing to do, but not when you play in the conference that Gonzaga plays in. Ben, if Gonzaga beats UCLA, the 650 will drop. And if they go unbeaten in conference play, it'll get lower. And of course, when they win their tournament, it'll get lower. Ben, they showed up last year to the tournament for about a $2 plus 200 to win the whole thing. At the end of the day, I'm not desperate to run to the window on a Gonzaga plus 650. I'm not sure I know this, if I love this Gonzaga team as much as, I know actually I don't like it as much as last year's group. Last year's group was unbelievable. Like that team was so good, but you love to see Baylor take it down. My thing on Gonzaga though, you're just talking value, Ben. Isn't the pathway so clear for this team? relative to the Michigans and Texas and Kansas who have to just go through absolute wars in conference and could see their numbers fluctuate quite a lot? I mean, maybe so, but then you could go to the contrarian argument there and say the margin for error for Gonzaga, error for Gonzaga gets a little bit tighter here in the non-conference slate. That is a little bit more difficult because the Zags need it to be. I would say it's almost a shoe in that the Zags will be a number one seed by the time we get to the big dance and March Madness here in a couple of months from now. And we'll dive into some of our final four predictions in our next segment coming up to preview this college basketball season. But plus 650, really, I'll say this, not just so much about Gonzaga, but when you look at the national championship market, especially for college basketball, it is very different than college football. College football is chalk. College basketball is not. It is so hard to predict a national champion because although Gonzaga was unbeaten entering the national title game last year, they still don't cash that ticket that they had as the favorites to win the national championship because the the tournament and the madness is truly that. It is mad. There might be teams that we don't even see on this board right now that could be a number seven seed come March that make a run to the Final Four or the national championship game. It is different handicapping this market than it is in many, many other sports, namely 
college football. So something to keep in mind as you approach this market as it stands right now. I just also find it fascinating, Kevin, when you compare the national championship market to where things stand in the AP poll right now. So Michigan and Texas have the mm. second shortest odds, tied for those second shortest odds at 12 to 1, but they are ranked fourth and fifth in the initial AP poll. Kansas, 13 to 1, tied for the fourth shortest odds with Purdue, ranked third in the country. UCLA is ranked second. They're down there at 15 to 1. That's tied for the seventh shortest odds with Duke, who is ranked ninth. Nova is ranked fourth, and they have the sixth shortest odds at 14 to 1. So it all is a little bit confusing when you try to correlate these markets, but it also needs to be said there's a great, great tool out there that you can use known as Kenneth Pomeroy's rankings, kenpom.com, that truly evaluates efficiency and power rankings in all of college basketball. And Gonzaga's number one in his rankings. Michigan is number two. You see Texas right there tied for the second shortest odds at well as well at 12 to 1. They are 14th in Ken Palm's efficiency rankings to begin this year. That might be a truer indication of how teams check out as opposed to the AP poll. Just something to keep in mind, Kevin Walsh, and a plug well, for our man Kenneth Pomeroy as well. You talk about authorities on college basketball. Ken Palm certainly on that list. Also, SportsGrid last year ran a bracket challenge. Whoever won that probably would fit that qualification as well. Yeah. Funny right side. Yeah, you. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're looking at him, all right? So you want to know about college basketball, you come to the man himself, all right? Everything I say is automatically golden. Listen, at the end of the day, it's a bracket challenge. All I know is I missed a massive opportunity to not make myself here of the night after I won the bracket challenge. It is what it is. In all sincerity, though, Ben, the UCLA disparity does jump out a little bit, right? Like, yep. the gap between Gonzaga and everyone else is so stark, and I think it's why you suggest that there isn't value on them, and I understand overall that feeling. But for UCLA to be number two in that AP poll, for UCLA to make the run that they did last year, have Gonzaga put almost out and almost eliminate that team, the Jalen Suggs, unbelievable walk-off game-winning, banking half-court three-point shot, and then to return the entire team, Johnny Juzang not going to the draft, right? I believe Hamiha Kazbak, Tiger Campbell. I mean, bringing in some, some high-powered freshmen. For them, Huge. but but this is I'm not saying, oh, they're making a mistake. That's noteworthy there, right? Because Ben, if, if you would have, you know, flipped these odds up today and they were nine to one, I don't think you'd say, ah, what are they doing? They're and I don't know if that's they're not taking a lot of UCLA bets. I'm not sure what it is, but it is surprising that that team is fifteen to one as opposed to at the minimum a co second choice with a Michigan and a Texas. Yeah, Kevin, it's a rather interesting thing, and I think you bring up a great point because I think it's almost the court of public opinion here that maybe that UCLA run to the Final Four was more a flash in the pan. The Bruins emerging out of the first four, but I think even if UCLA lost in that first four game, as some of us predicted they would to Michigan State, sorry to be right there for losing him a couple of shekels, but anyway, as we look at that UCLA team, all the talent that they return this year is enough yeah. even outside of the final four run to feel confident about this team and why they are ranked number two in the country and why they are ranked seventh 
in Ken Palm's initial rankings because you bring back Johnny Juzang, who is one of the best guards, if not the best guard, in all of college basketball. You have Jaime Jaquez. You add the Rutgers transfer, Miles Johnson, who gives you a huge rim protector and rebounding ability as well. A very talented freshman recruiting class that Mick Cronin brings into Westwood as well. So there's so much coming back for UCLA. I think it's right to be high on them. So to see them tied for the seventh shortest odds at 15 to one right now, despite being ranked number two in the country is a rather interesting number to see on the UCLA Bruins right now. So let's dive through a couple of the conferences throughout college basketball in the high major category, as it is known. And we begin with the ACC. The ACC gets underway tonight because Duke in the Coach K farewell tour. Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, is retiring at the end of this year. Get ready to give him his flowers all season long. And right now, his Blue Devils, the favorites to win the ACC on the FanDuel Sportsbook at plus 230. Florida State behind them at plus 400. North Carolina 5-1. to UVA plus 650. Virginia Tech 10-1. to The top five odds right now to win the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference. Duke right now, Kevin, possibly has the player of the year in college basketball or maybe one of the higher picks in Paolo Benchero, a name to know for the Blue Devils, a very talented freshman for Cocaine Company. Look, I got to mention right away, Notre Dame 24 to 1. I mean, folks, you got to get after it. You're fighting Irish. No, you don't. Don't. No, I mean, you don't. You don't. No, you don't. you're not wrong, you Kev. Have, no, no. The second highest rated team in the Ken Palm rankings in the ACC, Notre Dame. Just saying. Hey, well, listen, maybe Ken Palm knows something I don't. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I don't want to get my hopes up a little on Irish hoops. Here's the thing on Paolo Benchar, especially my relation with college basketball because I'm such an NBA guy, is I'm always watching the prospects, right? Like I watched an outrageous amount of Oklahoma State basketball last year. The suspension, by the way, is ridiculous. NCAA, you're the worst, ridiculous. but you know that about yourselves yeah. here. Paolo Benchero is going to be so fun to watch. I think there's it's split in a lot of circles right now between him and Chet Holmgren for who is the favorite to be the number one overall pick. What's interesting, and I know we're going to break down Champions Classic tonight, is there's some player props up for the game, points props. Manchero's number is 18 and a half. And not to, again, jump ahead to our, our preview here, but doesn't that feel like a lot to ask from a, a young kid in a debut, first game at the Garden? Again, he's the star. He's the man. He is that good. But there's a lot, I feel like, that has to go right for him to get over that mark. And that's going to be kind of some of the stuff because I think as we've seen more player props come available during our college football season, I think the same will happen for your big programs in big games during college basketball season. And a player like Apollo Banchero, I can't wait to see what this guy does in terms of a player props market because I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to bet overs on a superstar like that for Duke. Maybe a little too high in a debut, though. I mean, I think people are thinking of what Zion did a couple of years ago at the Garden that made it seem like Duke would never lose a basketball game again. By the way, the Syracuse Orange 20-1 to win the ACC. Stop with the disrespect. We talk about the Final Four and the Champions Classic coming up next. The Sports Grid Radio Network presents This Date in Sports History. We are looking at a sports legend in the purple trunks. 1996, Evander Holyfield upsets Mike Tyson. Holyfield continues to dig in. A left hook to the head. He's got Tyson in trouble. Tyson's ready to go. Straight right hand. The top is off the fight. And Holyfield has I can't believe what I'm saying. It's the most unbelievable thing I've ever been privileged to witness. For Sports Grid Radio, I'm Mike Demerges.
here seven days a week. Giving you the actionable insights and expert perspectives you need to win. And here's more good news. It's free. So stay tuned and get the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. I am Ben Stevens with Kevin Walsh for the first two hours of today's show. That makes the morning after the early after. And we continue our preview of this college basketball season that begins tonight. Yes, college hoops gets underway tonight. A couple of great games at the Mecca in the Garden in the Champions Classic we will preview here in just a couple of moments. But a couple of those teams that play tonight, Kevin, should factor into the big dance, the madness, and everything in hopes of cutting down the nets in early April. And right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, you can bet on who will be a Final Four team. A very hard market to handicap where some of the odds are pretty, pretty short given what happens in a crazy tournament that is March Madness. And knowing the history of number one seeds and number two seeds, not going the entire way, but let's dive through this market right now. Gonzaga, who is the favorite to win the national championship at plus 650, is the only team less than $2 to make the Final Four. Plus 115 right now for the Gonzaga Bulldogs to be a Final Four team. Michigan and Texas, plus 240. Purdue and Kansas, plus 260. These odds very closely similar right now to the national championship odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So, Kevin, what do you make? of this final four market to be honest with you I, I cannot make his case for not a single team to be bet in the final four market i don't see a single yeah. cent of value i really don't like gonzaga is plus 115 to make the final four they'd have two games left why would you leave plus 650 on the table take a long shot a saint bonaventure's team right veteran laden seems sounds like a group that ben would love 17 to 1 to make the final four 70 to 1 to win the national championship Imagine you had 70 to 1 in your pocket with just two games to go. I just, the, I get why the odds are shorter, right? I, I, I get all of that. But I can't, for me at least, Ben, justify a single team where I'm looking at betting their final four. I, I, I guess you're grabbing a piece of both, sure. The value is just completely non existent for me, Ben, in the market. I agree. It's a very hard market to handicap, as is the national championship market. But Kevin makes a great point. You reach the final four, you have two games less left to cash a national championship market, as opposed to this value here that's not all that much value to find a spot in the final four. Because Gonzaga could be going to the final four, playing in an elite eight game, and have the number two seed in their side of the bracket, who also might be plus 250 to make the final four right now as things stand on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So it's a very difficult market to try to find that value. There is much better odds, although you might still think where is the value in the national championship market as compared to the final four. It's a lot better right now. But I'll go on record and give you my final four before this season gets underway right now, Kevin. My final four will be this. Gonzaga, Purdue. I'm going to throw in Michigan. And then let's round out the number four team here. Who would I want in there? Looking at some of the value, I could be a homer. I could go with Syracuse at 12 to 1. Instead, I am going to give you the Tennessee Volunteers, who are plus 650 right now. Tennessee could be a 3, a 4 seed by the time. 
we get to the madness. They have a lot of talent returning. Luke Fulkerson to be outright. You have Rick Barnes, and then you have some talent on the outside. So, yeah, Tennessee at plus 650. So, as it stands right now, on Tuesday, November 9th, as we start this college basketball season, off the top of my head, my final four is this. Gonzaga, Purdue, Michigan, because I'm a Big Ten guy, and Tennessee. There you go. That's Ben's final four before the season gets underway. We'll hold you to it, Ben. Here's what I do want. There's a season specials tab. All that's there, though, is for Gonzaga, uh, I believe, to go maybe unbeaten win the national championship, something along those lines. The number that that I want them, and I wanted it last year, and I don't think they ever posted it, um, I want odds to win the national championship by conference. One, so Ben can bet just Mm. the Big Ten to win the national championship, which he he will end up betting if it is there. But, like, you know, yeah, a Big yeah. 12 team, I, I, I love stuff like that. Gonzaga to go unbeaten, though, at 12-1, to 1, you know, it's not bad, actually. It's not bad. I mean, when you think about it, Gonzaga will most likely have, well, maybe a loss in the non-conference would dissuade that. But Gonzaga's going to have yeah. one, maybe two at most regular season sure. losses. So by the time they hopefully get to the tournament, you can't lose a game again and plus 1,200 right there. It's not bad value as we look at plus 650 for the Zags to win the national championship just outright right now. So I did mention the Big Ten. I do want to look at those conference championship odds quickly here, Kevin, before we get underway with our previews for the games tonight. I'm looking right now at Purdue, and I have said it all along that I believe the Boilermakers, even at the end of last year, I thought would be the Big Ten champions this year. One thing to note, we talked about the ACC, you can look at the Big 12, the AAC, whoever it might be. This is a regular season market to win the Big 10 regular season championship, which means to have the best regular season record and to be the number one seed entering the conference tournament. I think that will be Purdue at plus 260. I understand they are the favorites, but I said this last February, so I take a little bit of pride in that. Travion Williams, who has the second shortest odds to win the Wooden Award at 10 to 1. You have Zach Eady, the big 7-4 sophomore returning. Jaden Ivey, so many complimentary pieces around for Matt Painter. This might be his best Purdue Boilermaker team he has seen during his time as the head coach in West Lafayette. Speaking of those Wooden Award odds, Kevin, you mentioned me you thought there was a very drastic drop-off from Drew Timmy, who is the favorite right now, out of Gonzaga at plus 450, to some of the other spots on the board. What stands out to you most in the Wooden Award market? The more I've thought about this, and Ben and I went a little back and forth during the break, I think the Drew Timmy numbers are ridiculous. I think it's wrong, point-blank period. Plus 450. They're going to have to basically cash that 12-1 to unbeaten ticket, it feels like. At the end of the day... Chet Holmgren, there's no one in the world that thinks Drew Timmy is better at basketball than Chet Holmgren. And he's 20 to 1 to win this award. By the way, like, Gonzaga's still very good. Kispert and Suggs play in the NBA and Joel AI is gone. They lost talent here. You know why they're still number one? Chet Holmgren showed up to campus, folks. 20 to 1 is ridiculous. And let me add this, though, in just terms of if Gonzaga loses three games, right? four games do they actually have a chance to have the wooden award winner i don't know because nobody's going to care about drew timmy's big numbers playing in the wcc which then opens the world up for megastar palo banchero it opens the world up for coburn if he dominates the big 10 and here's two other shots jalen durin i think is just going to dominate the college game the front the freshman at memphis yes put him on he baits yeah i know Darren's better NBA prospect, better college player. And then lastly, 
50 to 1. Preseason Big 12 Player of the Year. Remy Ma. Remy Martin. I, I can't believe he's 50 to 1. Kansas is the number three team yeah. in the country. If they're the best team in the country and he's the best player on the best team, that's why Timmy's plus 450. Remy Martin is 50 to 1? I think it's a great, I think it's a great piece of value. I mean, that's a great point as well. Look at where Kansas is to start this year. Ranked third in the country, 13-1, to tied for the fourth shortest odds to win the national championship. They are the favorites to win the Big 12. And Remy Martin, who has not played a game for Kansas yet, as he is a transfer from Arizona State, was already picked as the Big 12 preseason player of the year. 50-1 to for that? Kevin brings up a great point. But I just want to make a point, as a Big 10 homer that I am, look at all of the big men. At the top of this award list for the Wooden Award right now, Drew Timmy, the talented forward at plus 450 for Gonzaga as the favorite. Trevion Williams out of Purdue. Paolo Benchero is a forward at 6'9". Hunter Dickinson, Kofi Coburn. The list goes on and on. EJ Liddell, Chet Holmgren, Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana. It is the year of the big man in college basketball. Make sure to know that as well. And again, Kev, one thing I will say about the Wooden Award, it is a narrative award to give it to a one-and-done freshman who is not the most outstanding thing we have seen since sliced bread is a very difficult thing to do. I think they value the careers in college, and maybe that's why Drew Timmy is that short. But Kofi Coburn at 12-1, to also a ton of value. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. The narrative thing is is totally fair. Also, Chad Holmgren is 7-1, is going to bring the ball up on this team. Like, he is outrageous. Like, Chad Holmgren is not, ah, this guy's a top-ten player. Like, Chet Holmgren is going to be ridiculous. Like, the WCC is going to be like, hey, timeout. He's only allowed to play 17 minutes a game. This isn't allowed. I'm just 20 to 1, Drew Timmy, plus 450. All right, Drew Timmy. Listen, Josh Allen's parents are in, term- are in charge of booking the MVP odds. Brandon Staley's parents are in charge of booking Coach of the Year odds. And apparently, the Timmy family and Ben have booked the Wooden Award odds. I don't understand that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, two things here. First off, Kevin Walsh would certainly find a way to slander the Buffalo Bills in our season preview of college basketball. That's first and foremost. Second here, I'm not saying Drew Timmy should be this strong of a favorite. I'm just explaining why the narrative leads to Drew Timmy being this strong of a favorite. That's why Luca Garza was the favorite last year and then put up the numbers to back it up and won the Wooden Award. I'm just saying, Kev. I'm just explaining why that's happening. All right, let's get to the previews for tonight because we have great games a full slate of college basketball across the entire country but here in madison square garden in the heart of new york city it is the champions classic and it gets underway with the season opener tonight michigan state and kansas we are in a studio here in the middle of manhattan the renaissance hotel the renaissance hotel inside versa (laughs) and staying in this hotel the kansas jayhawks Maybe that leads us to think in the Jayhawks cover as a three-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against the Spartans. The over-under total, 140-and-a-half. Kevin, the approach to the marquee season opener for college basketball is what? Well, I, I think right now for me, in terms of totals, it's going to be a lot of live, okay? In-play sports tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, start time on Sports Grid Radio, myself and Donnie Rideside. you got to get a sense of these Jeez. teams. Pace how many threes they're shooting, how often they're making them. That's the kind of stuff that we're going to need to digest all year long. As far as the side goes, I just feel like Kansas is is a better basketball team by more than mm-hmm. four and a half points. And Ben was telling me the number here, maybe dropping a little bit. They return 
a lot, okay? And I know Jalen Wilson is suspended for this game, and, I, and he's a good player. But you still have Ogabaji, You still have McCormick, Lightfoot, right? You still have tons of players, Braun. But also, to me, it's bringing over not only Remy Martin, but Joseph Yetzfu from Drake to bring a scoring punch at the guard position, Ben. They didn't have last year. Marcus Garrett, an unbelievable defensive guard. But Kansas is already solid on the defensive side of the basketball. And it feels like now what they have offensively at the guard position might be a little bit for a Michigan State team that I think is going to take a little bit, Ben, to find the identity, whether it's going to, you know, to be Hauser or Max Christie or Tyson Walker. I think we're going to you know, eventually get there on Sparty, but I don't think night one. Right. Yeah, I agree with that statement. And look, 140 and a half doesn't seem like a large total for a college basketball game, but the first game of the year for a Spartans team that played 61% of their games to the under last year in the big stage of the Mecca that's not a college basketball arena, I might think that the first game of the year could be 70 to 66 and still go under. We have seen some line movement here. The Spartans now just a three and a half point underdog against Kansas. Quickly, Kev, I put you in a bad spot here. Kentucky Duke, give me what you want. Look, at the end of the day, the lord of the one and done has found himself the transfer portal. Shibway, C.J. Frederick, Severe Wheeler, legitimate guys with legitimate reps with a tie tie Washington. I just think Kentucky's a better basketball team. The younger Duke squad will take some time to figure it out. I agree. Kentucky getting points right now is a very enticing spot to start the season off in college basketball. One final college basketball question for Kevin Walsh. That's coming up next here on the morning after. Sports professor Rick Haro inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports with your daily numbers game. Well, USA Today collaborating with the Knight Commission describes $533 million of dead money paid by schools to coaches just to go away. That doesn't even include the big severance payments, the high visibility USC's and LSU's and TCU's and others, including those big dollars. They all add up at Ogeron. National champion two years ago, $18 million, 18 monthly installments over the next year and a half. The bottom line is these are significant expenditures. Some decry the waste of money. Others say that's the only way you get a top quality coach to come to a school and reform a program. Either way, it's big money. Sports professor Riccaro, Daily Numbers Game. Every day, sports happens. It never stops. And neither do we. Get the expert perspectives you need. Strategies and vital information you won't get anywhere else. You're listening to the home of the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Closing out our second hour together here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Two straight hours 
of the morning after transforming into the early after because we have been joined by Kevin Walsh. But before we say goodbye to K-Dubs, we ask him one final college basketball question. It is time for Buy or Sell. So Kevin made this joke earlier that if they gave a season special on the FanDuel Sportsbook for which conference would cut down the nets in early April as a national champion emerging out of March Madness, I would certainly bet the Big Ten. You're darn right I would. But the Big Ten hasn't won a national championship in men's basketball in 21 years. A very long drought. So Kevin Walsh, do you buy or do you sell that this will be the year the Big Ten breaks that 21-year drought of not winning a national championship? Sadly, Ben, I, I have to sell. I do. Oh. do. I think that they have great teams. I, I, I do. Yes. Michigan, I'm yeah. really excited to watch them actually this year. I like Jawan Howard. I told you, I think Illinois, Kerbella, Coburn, excited about that one-two punch. Purdue, we don't talk about them in the Walsh household. We hate that team, <laughs> and I hope they lose every game they play. But here's the problem for the Big Ten. is That, well, that conference just, just doesn't have the Iona Gales, baby. Rick oh. Patino. This is our year. Listen, do we need to win a national championship? You'd love to see it. Just a game. Just one game. That's all we've been waiting on. We win the MAC every year. It's getting boring at this point. No, it's not. It's fun every time. Sienna gets so mad, they stink out loud. They'll never beat the Gales. We got to win a tournament game. We show up every year for no reason. We were hanging in there with Bama. We were giving them the business. And then they were like, yeah, but we're way better than you. And it didn't work out. They're playing App State tonight. They're six and a half point favorites. You'd like to think App State says, sorry, we should have showed up, and they quit in half. Gales, 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 Gales. Slick Rick and the boys covering tonight on the opening night of the college basketball season. This man's insight and expertise. Kevin Walsh, each and every morning on the early line, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. K-Dubs, adios to you. More of the morning after. Coming up next.